0: I'm Katie, and you're listening to Knickknack Goes to the Movies, the one-stop shop podcast for all things movies, TV, and pop culture. Turns out he's a major cinephile. They don't watch enough movies! It's a very simple formula! And here we go. Well, I can't kick off with Scream, the first 2022 movie just yet, we will have a guest joining us when we do that. I instead want to talk about the latest from... Well, I viewed it at least on Disney Plus, and I waited for On Demand. I, I didn't need to go to theaters. It takes a special Disney movie to get me to theaters. Yeah, maybe, you know, this could have been like Luca. We'll get there. That's why you gotta listen to, listen to the episode, see how it all goes after all. But normally, you know, I don't know what a special Disney movie will be just by looking at the trailers. I was intrigued, but you know, let's take this foray to see if this Encanto is strong or if it just has really good music. Because I will tell you, I have been listening to Surface Pressure for two days straight at work on Spotify before even watching this movie. And that song truly slaps. And one day I may have to update that Disney music that slaps list from the way back episode in like 2021 of our first few. It's a fan favorite episode. That is our second most listened to all time so how about that so if you have already listened to that episode you can come on and proceed to the latest musical movie from disney so let's start with the actor stuff you know how we do jessica darrow that surface pressure song is fire we can't get enough of it but besides that if i had seen brooklyn 99 i'm sure i would know a bit more about stephanie beatriz I feel like every clip from that show I see on TikTok, it comes my way, and I'm always enjoying it, but there are so many shows to watch on my list. The cast seems super fun, and she looks to be a big part of that. We actually have Marvel and DC show alums in both Renzi Feliz from Runaways, which I really want to get back to, and Diane Guerrero from Doom Patrol, which somehow, like Titans, I have just yet to start. And now with Pennyworth uh, on HBO Max, I mean, I'm going through Peacemaker, but the DC TV show list continues to pile up. Look, if you need a fun voice actor, you got to rock with Alan Tudjik. That's just industry science 101. I genuinely don't remember (laughs) what voice character he was. I think he was just making a sound effect. I think he was the toucan. Uh, (laughs) Sure. Um, But let's talk about both John Leguizamo and Wilder Valderrama. I'm sure Valderrama is not known specifically for this, but if you ever get a chance to watch the TV show adaptation of From Dust Till Dawn, you will no doubt appreciate all that he brings to that show and that show as a whole. Yet yeah, may not have the amazing name brand actors, the name branders if you will, like Harvey Keitel, George Clooney, a surprising larger acting role for Quentin Tarantino, most people's first introduction to Salma Hayek, who we talked about of course in the Eternals episode, And, of course, it has Danny Trejo, which is just perfect if it was just Danny Trejo in it. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about the Book of Boba Fett is that part where we have Danny Trejo. If you want to hear something interesting, it's the story of, like, in the Book of Boba Fett, he's, uh, like, the Rancor trainer is kind of his thing. And in real life, he's, like, big in training pit bulls, a very misunderstood dog breed. And there's something kind of nice and cute about that. But enough Star Wars. We'll get there. Leguizamo is in so many things. You've seen him in something, I imagine. Be it the probably too ahead of its time with some bad special effects spawn to the amazing and quirky Romeo plus Juliet, which constantly gets talked about. If you haven't seen that, go watch a trailer and be amazed. I mean, maybe it doesn't get talked about in your circles, but it sure gets talked about in my circles. The idea of a modern version of Romeo and Juliet with like the old timey like script dialogue. Oh, it's something. You will be surprised if you have yet to see it. And he was in a few John Wick's to boot, which is the franchise that gave us back awesome Keanu. Not like that latest Matrix, and I'll quote the scream thing here, Requel. I only talk about Matrix Resurrections so much because it hurts. I cared for the franchise so much, and it hurts my heart, my soul. I don't know what happened there. But let's think positive. Let's talk about this movie at hand, Encanto. So, the plot of this movie, I swear I will try not to get too distracted by the music. The music is not the plot. Some movies it is. I try to separate the two to some degree because there has to be a story. The music can add to it, but this isn't a musical. There's a story outside of the music. But every Disney movie with music is just better, a class of its own. You can see why. Mulan animated with music is much better than Mulan not animated without music. What a drop that was. Disney movies also find this way to make magic never feel too goofy or cheesy, and Encanto is another one of those that makes it so. From the charming, sentient objects like Beauty and the Beast, and just the origin of magic, these movies always find a way to make me feel like Harry Potter, not only in the first movie or book, but even as he grows and becomes a part of the wizarding world, He's always still in awe of it as a concept. I guess that is a great way to illustrate my passion for Disney and Pixar movies. Well, most of them anyway. Some of those direct-to-sequel movies are just not it. And this is your and my friendly reminder to, at some point, all... we If you haven't done it yet, gotta watch that reunion Harry Potter thing on HBO Max. It, I'll get there, I swear. Hopefully before the next Fantastic Beast movie comes out. Yeah, the animations of magical house things in this are super cool and the music is mad catchy some of these songs might be a bit formulaic at times just a bit but that doesn't make them less good just an observation so as a superhero nerd gotta analyze these powers as we go and i think through the end of it and early on you kind of saw a fair amount of the powers i think the one that i would want to have the most is healing people with food that seems pretty sensational. Sure, the super strength one would be grand. Lord knows I need to get back at gym going in a more regular basis, get my diet back on track, and get back to my under 170 weight. Gotta stop work snacking. Working on it to be the fit podcast guy you want to listen to and see perform goofy TikTok dances and be the true influencer we all know that I can be. Also, yeah, there's something hilarious about not wanting to talk about Bruno, where... That was a strange, out-of-left-field running joke in Luca. Man, Luca, what a movie. What a film. And the way that these Disney-Pixar movies relate to one another is always a great time. As colorful as the overall look of this movie is, the set dressing as you will, there is some massive emotional damage and trauma all over the place. If you are in for some real-life horror and trauma uh, grief exploration, buckle up and get comfortable because from the jump, that is a huge part of this movie. And man, can we all relate to the movie lead, Stephanie Beatrice, feeling like an outsider, unexceptional, and many other descriptions that would make someone just want to put on making love out of nothing at all by air supply on loop, or something equally sombering. The one that I always think of is one is the loneliest number, but I don't really enjoy listening to that song. It doesn't get me in my feels after all. This movie crushes the sad, damaged parts and having our leads flashback to this world this movie has you know you you walk up these stairs you touch a candle you get a fun magic door and all the magic rooms in abundance it seems like a pretty sweet thing but you know we get to see her ceremony and kind of this almost feels like the magic or the house rejects her we know that that's not the case because the house is always rocking with uh our lead here But um, it finds a great way to balance, you know, the family celebration of, you know, the new younger member of the family getting his gift. And somehow this kind of feels less like, oh, you know, the magic has ended for this line of family. And instead, it's more like, is it something specific to her? You know what I mean? It's more personal and tough to feel like, you know, she's not an outsider brutal to constantly, you know, not being directly necessarily told to your face, but the gist is there of, you know, you're not perfect or special, especially like, you know, not being included in the family photo they take or these, you know, big moments. It hits you and it feels like, oh, right there. It's ugh, guttural. That being said, when we do get to see, you know, we see the glowy doors and that's cool. And there's some fun little sure i wonder if the people grow uh if the doors drawings grow too that would be an interesting question i would say but um i mean i have to because you're not all if you're getting your powers at nine the door must age with you which is an interesting concept that you know me i like about the rules in these movies and it makes me think i'm curious about the rules a little more but getting a little sidetracked here like we're seeing this you know how big the rooms are it does feel a little harry potter-esque right small door big space and Nature rooms are pretty cool. You know, it's this big forest thing growing. I would say I have some bad allergies. So a couple of these rooms, I don't know how I'd feel about with all the allergies that I'd have to. Hopefully that'd be my power, right? That's a good power. No seasonal allergies ever again. I'd take that power in a heartbeat. But talking animals, it's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if that would be like the most exciting power. It's neat. You'd always have some buddies. Never can underestimate the power of friendship. And animal buddies are probably pretty cool, cool chums after all. So... In the same way that uh, I feel like I super relate to Epony in Les Mis, one of my favorite musicals up there with Sweeney Todd. Uh, I like him a little darker, you know, me dark and brooding Nick after all. And I always related to her character, you know, and maybe this sounds silly, but destined to, you know, never find true love or whatnot. And I could see in the same vein people relating a lot of people to This movie and the conflicts that are so ingrained in, honestly, probably a bunch of family members. But we'll stick with our leading lady for now. I mean, we all compare ourselves to other social media and whatnot. And this movie reminds me a bit of how much I want to, like, prove myself constantly and seek validation. Damn, wasn't ready for an open book therapy session on the airwaves but uh, maybe you can relate and we can all bond over this together. We can talk on all the different social platforms about how this movie really, really brought some things home after all. So, the conflict could not just be internal. At least there has to be a guise of something going on. Some uh, call to action, as you will. Literary storytelling 101. I mean, if you want a, a clear definition of this first like Lord of the Rings or the Hobbits even you know the call to action like oh I don't want to do it I don't want to do it then they have to go do the thing and throw the ring in the volcano or stop the big bad CGI monster whatever it is and visions of the family and house losing magic that is about as scary as anything in this world and community that relies heavily on both of those things and finally seeing the under the surface song visually great it has a Hercules reference, which you know I love. What music in Hercules, after all? I'm all about this. And this song, too, shows that how everyone is stressed or feeling this inadequate feeling. And we put it on ourselves, you know, or someone throws on us all this pressure, which is the name of the song. I mean, overall, we can constantly relate to this whole thing. I'm pretty interested in this narratively as too. you know, obviously the deep personal stuff is great, but... You know, there kind of is this mystery of there's an issue and it takes a bit to kind of figure out what's going on. The suspense, the internal conflict. There's a little bit of external conflict, but mostly it's kind of deep-seated. You know, things are going pretty well for this movie in my book. Kind of like I've had the same thought with Frozen 2. Frozen had a clear villain. It took a little bit to figure it out, but it had a clear villain. Frozen 2, the movie doesn't have a real villain. Sure, there's some people doing bad-ish things, but... The true villain really was just the unknown. The whole song into the unknown is all about that, right? Sure. Everyone is all on the Bruno hate train because he's weird and different. Uh, Kind of, honestly, like Druig in Eternals. And think, look, he turned out great as we talked about in that episode. He was one of the better people, even with his crazy weird power. And, you know, people are all anti the powerless, magical daughter. It must be her fault. I mean, the emotional villain is, of course, at times, especially for most of the movie, uh, Abuela Alma. But none of this is like a true, you know, Ursula or the evil queen villain where, you know, it's so cut and dry. And when we do finally get to meet Bruno, of course, the similarities are there with Mirabel, our protagonist. I mean, he has powers, sure. But he is truly misunderstood, and, I mean, he says it, and it's pretty obvious. I mean, he even has no clue uh, where to go from here with his powers, or how to, like, everyone says help the family and help the community do whatever. And he is, at times, you wouldn't have thought it, right, the injection of humor in this movie. Like, sad, depressing humor at times, a tragic figure, but I'm all about using humor as a coping mechanism, and I know I ain't the only one who does that. Also, the Bruno song, I don't know if I'd heard it as much as some of the earlier ones, but it's pretty good and catchy and amazing, too. So, yeah, this music is it's pretty, uh, pretty rocking. I'm rocking with it. But, oh, man, this movie at times, and this is the only negative I'm going to have, that not a lot is happening. They are even saying nothing. There is so much emotional storytelling going on growth of most of our characters in the Madrigal family. I think some of them, the maybe the lady who had the weather thing, I don't know if she got a ton of development, neither did the powerless folks in the family didn't get a ton of spotlight, and that's fine. But I think you have a lot of these people opening up about their own concerns, fears, traumas, and no one is perfect. Even perfect flower daughter. We all have trauma and issues. It's like the saying goes, Everyone's pain is still pain. It's not, a, it's not a game or a comparison of who has more pain and deep-seated issues, right? Like, I'm vibing with this. this. This theme, this tone, like we said already, and constantly, the therapy of this in some of our newer Disney movies is just sublime. And it takes a super interesting take on family and family roles. Color me super intrigued. As someone who grew up saying, uh, I I don't even remember it, but must have said it, as a joke that I grew up on the math farm, I thought of me was a little bit of an outsider. And as I've grown, I know that of me is what makes me, well, me. Emotions aplenty and a nice emotional epiphanies and a taboo. This is a great coming of age story. More people need to see. Onward, and maybe because I wasn't a parent, I don't know. It never truly hit the mark for me in the same way. Missing out on some bigger, grander narrative. Something just didn't click with Onward when I watched it. But this movie has so much pain. Like deep-seated, years of therapy still won't be fixed pain. And when the family breaks, you know, there's the emotional breakage that's visualized in the town, the house, and all the cracks going around. Being too focused on being perfect and strong and my word when it all falls to crap it is something there is something about the amazing nature of the the house and how it represents the family I mean look that's obviously what they were rocking with and going for here but I do like that even though you know I think I even wrote it early on and I kind of had changed it the the house you know magic rejected her at first but I don't you know that's not really the case because you watch the movie, the house is constantly protecting and helping Mirabelle, especially in the scene when it's all falling down, it's like fighting to help her in its last house breaths. Like, there's definitely some true connection here. I I was wondering if the house was going to end up being a person or something, obviously it wasn't, but you know, the house continuing to look after her when some of her family members are not, like, for big parts of the movie, it feels like some of her family members are not on her side and helping her out, but this house is always there. I always like when the, uh, When the shutters wave, that's one of my favorite cute little parts. Cute house. I have to say, this movie has some pretty specific moments of clear, like, visuals on war, or at least civil rights. And look, Mulan literally took place during a war, so there's some of that there, too, obviously. And we all know Disney can be dark, you know, the Bambi and all the other things. Frozen 2 had some of this, you know, the, the war backstabbing things and the fallacy of man and conflict and conquering and all that stuff but this feels more seen and visible, and this felt like a new level to this, and I was all about the stakes and hardships seen in the movie with conflict. A lot of emotional conflict, but it's a hard and truly uplifting narrative. Dang, you know, like Luca, I, I didn't expect it, and that's where Disney gets you. I didn't see it being as exciting and important not exciting in the same way as like a diehard or something but exciting nonetheless i don't know if i expected to see like a true evil from uh the family matriarch kind of like tangled i kind of that's where i was expecting to go but instead of a true villain to this movie it really the the big conflict point it's emotional walls not talking to one another having open dialogue, just bad communication. I I, I gotta say, I'm truly kind of speechless. What a movie. It's a journey to get to that happy ending, but it is worth it. And the metaphors for needing a new foundation for their destroyed house, as well as a new foundation for their family, I mean, come on. There you go again, crushing it. If a movie makes me cry at the end, yeah. It's a good one, it's a real one. It is not Coco, no. But it's pretty gosh darn good, I have to say. The emotions of everything and how connected the family. and town all are. And of course having Mirabelle bring the magic back to the house. Super important and powerful. And when the whole family is back together, Bruno included. For the big, you know, photo that was missed in the beginning, perfect ending. And while I wonder if the whole true gift's all long angle is better. Or, you know, if you know, she didn't need a specific tangible gift is better. I like that Mirabelle didn't need to have, you know, oh, look at this. Now you got a big special gift. That might have cheapened it all a little bit. So, if you want to say, you know, she wiped her hands before touching the door and I wiped the magic away, you know, that she had the magic all along or the power of love, you know, or however, there's many probably angles you can go with this. But however you want to do it, I think they're all pretty good. I will go with, I think. She didn't need a gift to be special. The ordinary girl brought her family together in a more healthy way that helped them all discover and embrace one another and even embrace themselves. If you ask me, that's pretty gosh darn special. So let's look at the letterbox rating. It's pretty good. I, I think the average was maybe three and a half stars. I'm going to go with four. There's a lot of good here. And I talked a lot of positives here. You know, you'd say, well, why Why is it a nine? Why is it a 10? Well, I haven't given out a 10. I don't know if I ever could. I don't know if anything could be perfect, perfect, but why not a 4.5 then, Nick? Well, I'll tell you. A lot of good. The colors, the visuals, the music, the emotions, they're all spectacular. I've gushed about this so far, but there are some parts where things slow down just a bit or just, you know, maybe overall this movie's a little slow, but it's a really good movie. Go, Go watch it. So that was Encanto, another great movie from, you know, the minds at Disney. I've talked ad nauseum to you all about how much I love horror seemingly being the reason of grief, therapy, exploration, people overcoming these hard moments. You also know I truly believe the best Disney movies have the best music. I will rank this up there eventually with the others. But this movie combines a lot of good things of therapy stuff, music it's a lot of good and with therapy from disney this week next episode we can talk about those same notions of overcoming things in the latest from the screen franchise with a guest how about that but what did you think of Encanto? let me know however you keep up with us on social on tiktok twitter instagram and more on knickknack underscore ic and knickknack movies so as always until next time cinephiles yeah until next time, are you not entertained? I think this is gonna be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I don't like goodbyes. Let's just call this see you later alligator nick Nicknack goes to the movies.